Great, thank you. This is a great day for us. We love all of our missionaries. Uh, one of the things that I get to do here is spend time with them, take care of them, and just help them with their ministries. Luke is preaching about the conversion of Saul, who you know later, become, later became uh, the Apostle Paul. Paul was the greatest missionary to ever live, and he was specifically called by God to do that. We wanted to have Ryan and Sarah here. They're some of our missionaries just to talk about their call and what that looks like for them. Uh, they've already done it in all the other services, and it's really cool stuff, so I'm excited to introduce you to them. So will you just tell us a little bit about yourselves? Yeah, so I'm Ryan, and uh, sorry we can't be the Apostle Paul for you today, so we'll do our best <laughs> at it. Um, anyway, I grew up here in, in Avon, actually, uh, so I graduated from Avon High School in 2002. Uh, I did not grow up at this church, though. I actually kind of came to Christ later. I was a student at IUPUI uh, after I finished at Avon, and uh, I, went, I went to IUPUI and graduated in 2006, but I had, um, after high school but before college, I'd kind of come across this Bible, and I, I threw it in my bag, and, and then, um, you know, when you go to IUPUI, um, students tend to, like, go to class, and then you kind of just scatter, and you don't really make friends, so I was just, like, kind of done with class, but didn't want to like make the drive back to Avon and have to come back. So I'd just go sit in my car and I had this Bible and I was reading through it. And there was this um, spring day when the, there, were, there was this storm coming through Indianapolis and it was like pounding rain on the car and there was wind coming through and lightning and thunder, whatever. And uh, I was reading through this Bible and I got to this gospel passage where Jesus calms the wind and the waves. And uh, the disciples kind of wonder among themselves, like, who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey him? And I was kind of coming to that same question as I was reading, and like, wow, this is an amazing story, and um, it really was, like, kind of caught my attention. And so it was that week that I really kind of got the majesty of Christ, and I went and found Steve White here at the church and, and asked him to baptize me. So that was in, in June of 2004 uh, that that happened, and then um, kind of, like, grew and ended up at seminary at uh, Lincoln Christian University in 2007. Uh, that's where I first heard about Pioneer Bible Translators in Papua New Guinea. And then in 2009, I met Sarah, my now wife, in uh, 2009 at, at Lincoln. So I'll let her tell her part of that story. And real quick, this is Jonah. Yeah. And then I think Solomon is out with Grandma somewhere. Yeah. So. Yes. <laughs> Hi. Um, I first heard about Papua New Guinea when I was six years old. I was um, at my church over in Peoria, which I'm from the Peoria area. And um, some missionaries had just come home and were talking about the work that they had done there. And um, I don't remember what they said that night, but I do remember sitting in the car on the way home and telling my mom that the next time they went back that I was going with them. And um, I just feel like God planted that seed in my heart as a child and it continued to grow. And I was finally allowed to start going on some short-term trips when I was a teenager. And um, out of those experiences, I just decided that um, full-time missions is what I was called to do. And so I attended Lincoln Christian University and um, received my degree in intercultural studies there. And while I was at Lincoln, I met Ryan. And we both realized that separately, God had called us to the same thing. And we were on the same track to go to Papua New Guinea and do Bible translation. So um, we're just grateful that God um, led us in the same way. And we're excited that we get to go do this together now. That's awesome. Ryan, can you tell us a little bit about how God called you to be a missionary? Um, yeah, it happened really early. I went to, to Lincoln and just kind of had this like sense that God was calling me to ministry, but I didn't really know what that was going to look like. And then uh, very first day of seminary, I was sitting in this, in this uh, Greek class and these Greek characters were staring back at me and I'm like, what have I done? You know? <laughs> and uh, 
So this, instead of having syllabus day, though, they had this missionary from Pioneer Bible Translators come in, and he was saying, like, you know, if you enjoy this class, you, you need to talk to us because there's all this Bible translation need. And I'm looking at him going, you know, this is, did you notice this is written in Greek? Because, you know, if I survive this, I'll think about talking to you, you know. Uh, but we'll see. Um, so a year went by. I didn't think too much about it. And then a year later on the first day, uh, there's a theme here, I think, uh, but first day of Hebrew class, second year, uh, Hebrew character staring back at me, but I was a little less scared this time because we'd done it once before uh, with Greek. And uh, this different PBT missionary was there and was uh, telling these stories about Papua New Guinea. Uh, and Papua New Guinea is this island nation down in the South Pacific by Australia. There's like 7 million people, and they speak 800 different languages uh, among themselves. Um, and he was telling me about this one tribe, this one language group uh, called the Samalgaria. Uh, and he was saying, these people used to send uh, someone from their village into the city about once a year. Uh, and they'd send him to the office, the, the Pioneer Bible Translator's office in, in the city of Medang. And they, he'd you know, pound on the door and someone would answer. And you know, he'd say, you know, we really want you to send us a translator. We don't have God's word, but we really want it. Uh, and this went on for years. And they kept saying, like, sorry, we don't have a translator to send you. Um, and so finally, this, this one year, he kind of got a little more persistent and a little more forward, and he says, uh, you know, what, what's it going to take for you to say yes to me one of these days and send us a translator? And this, this our, our teammate from PBT said, you know, we'd love to send you a translator, but I think what you don't know is that there are literally thousands of other tribes around the world that all need the same thing. You know, there are thousands of other languages that don't have any of the Bible in them at all. Um, and so, you know, not only do we need to find a translator for you, but we're looking for translators for so many people, and I don't know when we're going to get someone for you. Uh, and kind of what captivated my heart was this Samalgarian man's answer. Uh, and he said, well, we realize that we're small and insignificant, so we'll just stop asking. Um, and that, I heard that story, and I was like, no, you can't stop asking, you know. So uh, I went over in 2010 as an intern with Pioneer Bible Translators, and we actually, like, had the chance to do some translation work because PBT was pretty uh, shorthanded in those days. And uh, I was working with this tribe, and we translated four chapters of the Gospel of Luke, and it turned out that this was the Samalgaria people, and I was sitting next to the Samalgarian man translating Luke into their language for the first time. And just to watch their... Uh, their faces and, and watch their questions as they were learning about these stories for the first time. It just, you know, completely captured us. We were doing it together. Um, and, and that was it. That was when I knew that this is, this is what we had to do. That's awesome. Yeah. No, no people, uh, no body is too small or insignificant for God. And you saw the need and you responded. So I just want to say something about missionaries real fast. I think sometimes we get this idea that missionaries are super Christians. They're perfect people. They're always super connected with God. Maybe they never have a bad day. The truth is the call that God places on missionaries can sometimes be really hard. I mean, they've got to move to another country. So can you just share with us a little bit about what, what have been some of the hard things with this call that God has placed on your heart? Uh, yeah, I think the most recent hard thing was uh, 8 a.m. service on Daylight Savings Time change day. Um, uh, we survived. Though. Yeah, we yeah, did. Yeah, we got yeah, through yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, more, I think more importantly. Um, I, you know, I kind of discovered PBT and P&G uh, on my own, Sarah on her own, and then, you know, we found each other. So we went from, like, imagining our ministry, you know, our individual ministries with them to imagining doing it together. Uh, you know, and then we got married, and then now we have two boys, and... Um, so you're kind of reimagining again, what does it mean for us to do this together as a family? Um, 
and that you know the difficult part about that is that you know it's not just oh I'm a missionary or we're missionaries, but like our our family, we're a missionary family, doing Bible translation together and um, trying to work our kids uh, into that in a way that's meaningful and, and authentic. And uh, what I love about this ministry is that it's so language based that you know we're going to get to Papua New Guinea and and be among a tribe, and none of us know this language, and we're going to be equals with our kids with language learning uh, really quick. Uh, where you know they're learning English still, but we're going to be learning some tribal language really fast. And they're going to get ahead of us uh, because of their age, and they're going to be teaching us really soon uh, how to speak, uh, and they'll be at the forefront of Bible trans- translation ministry before we are, uh, and I love that. Yeah, that's cool how your kids can be a part of that call. Sarah, would you mind telling us a little bit about the other side of things? What have been some of the best things about God calling your family to do this? Yeah, just to kind of add on to what Ryan was saying, I think that as difficult as it's been to try to figure out how to do missions all together. It's also been a big blessing, and it's been really neat to get to teach our kids about mission and to kind of watch those light bulbs come on as they're understanding what God's doing all around the world. Um, And it's just been, like, really neat to see how uniquely he has gifted our kids to go into this ministry with us and that he hasn't just called us to go be missionaries and to bring our kids along, but um, he's really called all of us and that we get to go do this together. Awesome. Hey, Jonah, buddy, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Are you excited to go to Papua New Guinea? Um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's great. Well, <laughs> um, it's five airplanes. Oh, five. He means it takes five flights to get there. Five airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long way away. So, uh, can you just tell us how we can pray for you as your family makes this transition? Yeah, so our, our plane day is three days away now uh, when we get on the plane to go. Uh, so there's a lot to do between now and then, and, and what we're really asking for is, is pray for when we hit the ground um, to uh, pick up the trade language again quickly. We, are, we already speak that, but we need to, to knock the rest off, and our kids have to learn it, and then you know, we have to pick up a tribal language pretty quickly too. Um, so you know, prayers for our, our language acquisition, and then... Um, we're looking for the right tribe, too. You know, there are 800 tribes in Papua New Guinea, and a lot of them still need Bible translation. We're looking for the right one. Uh, and in some ways, the answer to that is, for goodness sake, there's 800. Pick one and get to it. Uh, but we're also looking for the one that, that God has, you know, prepared us for and, and prepared them for us and for his word. So uh, we're looking for that. And then lastly, I think we're, we're, we're asking for longevity. You know, this is just the beginning. Uh, you know, we get on the plane in three days, and that's the beginning of the work, not the end. Hmm. Um, and we're asking for the longevity to, to see it through. It takes a long time to translate a Bible um, and to go from no written language at all to here's, here's a full Bible in this language. Um, and so we're asking for the years and the, and the endurance and the perseverance to do that. Um, and really to, to see the day when not just that there's a Bible or a written language, but that there is a network of churches that are using scripture to grow and multiply. That's, that's when you've succeeded. That's when Bible translation ministry has run its course and, uh, you know, they're taking up the mantle on their own. So that's awesome. kind of what we're praying about. Awesome, thanks. Well, I think Luke and some of our elders are gonna come up and pray for you. So if you guys don't mind coming up, while they're doing that, I just wanna say to everybody, the Hardys need our prayers. When I talk to our missionaries over and over again, I ask, how can we help you? And they say, we need your prayers. They need our financial support too. <laughs> they say that, but they, they really want our prayers. And in the beginning, I was like, are they just saying that they want our prayers because that's something they can say? And I've, I've come to realize that they really, really mean that. 
So the Hardys are leaving this week to go to Papua New Guinea. They're taking their family with them. And if you just make a note on your calendar on something to pray for them, I know that they'd really appreciate that. That's one of the most tangible things that we can do to help all of our missionaries. Mm -hmm. So who's going to pray? All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful that you have called Ryan and Sarah and their family to this great work. And we know that you will equip them for what you have called them to. And so I pray that those five airplanes would fly safely and land well and that the travel would go smooth with those little boys. And I pray that you would um, give them sharp minds as they seek to learn this language um, quickly. And I pray that you would um, allow their boys to pick it up quickly and that there'd be little confusion and that you would just give them um, lots of mental strength to get through this, as I'm sure it will just be mentally and emotionally exhausting for them. But we know um, that you're the God who created language, and so you can help them learn it well. I pray that they would learn to speak it in a way that connects with the people's hearts. I also ask, Lord, that you would lead them to the right people. Um, that they would find the people that you have been preparing for them, the people they are uniquely gifted to reach. And I pray that you would make that process just very clear for them. Uh, Shut the doors you don't want them to go through and open the ones you do. Just make it clear. And Father, I I pray that you would give them longevity, that you would sustain them through your strength on the hard days and the good days, that you would bind their family closer and closer together, that they would lean on one another, that they would lean on you, that they would find good community there to sustain them during the hard times. And that many years down the road, they will be able to look back and see how you have brought them through and see the great fruit that you have borne for your kingdom. I could not be more excited, Father, to see the impact in eternity from them being willing to answer this call. We love you. Uphold them and use them. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.